0: Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope that this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. Give it up for Julia one more time for sharing today. We're going to do something different today. I'm going to try to use in this table. Do you like my table? You have to say yes, because if you say no, we'll just end the service right now. Uh, no, so I like it because I can kind of I can do this while I talk. It's just more comfortable for me. No, uh, so anyway, uh, I think that's so true. What what Julia is saying is that uh, becoming a contributor at church helps you to have ownership. Helps you to feel like you're part of something. You can come and attend. You can come show up on Sundays, but actually coming. And being part of what God is doing changes your whole perspective on what church is all about, what ministry is all about, and who God is. And so uh, last week, you remember, I, I talked about how we have a responsibility to use our abilities for God. Everybody say, I have a responsibility to use my ability. Okay? And, and I focus on the fact that God has given each one of us specific abilities, uh, uh, special talents, things like that, uh, to, to be used for him in specific situations. If you remember, I talked about how David, when he was a shepherd boy, before he was king, before he faced Goliath, he fought off a lion and he fought off a bear that were trying to take away the sheep from his flock. So when he got to Goliath, Goliath wasn't such a big mountain to overcome because he had already overcome something that was stronger and bigger than Goliath. See, God had prepared him and he didn't even know it. And, And so in the same way, I think that God is doing that in each one of our lives. I believe that God has has prepared you for his work, for the thing that he wants you to do, the way that he wants you to serve, and, and you just might not know it yet. So uh, I want to talk about that today. I, I was actually, last week, I was thinking it was just going to be a, a one-time message, and we go to the next series. I'm looking forward uh, to the series that we're going to start next Sunday. It's called Hobby Lobby Theology, because um, that's where we all go to learn about God. And, uh, <laughs> and so... It's a spiritual epicenter of the United States, Hobby Lobby. Um, I was there the other day. I took pictures of signs. They motivated me. Uh, But today I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about our responsibility and, and who we are as part of God's family. So before we do, let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person that's here. God, I thank you that you're an awesome God. You're a great Father who loves us so much, and God, you know just what we need, and you know how to prepare us for our future and for the destiny and the plan that you have for our lives. Lord, I know that today is part of that preparation. So, Father, give us ears that hear your word today. Lord, give us hearts that understand it, and give us minds that desire to live like you and to live for you, and let these words not be my words, but what you've put on my heart for people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so let me give you an example from my life, and I think uh, real life examples are the way to go. So, uh, so years ago, before we we were here, actually, we we my wife and I we were on staff here uh, in 2005. In 2010, we moved to Florida. I took a job at a church there to be a youth pastor and and an assistant worship leader, and I was really excited. It was a it was a very large church. Um, The the guy who was my overseer was one of the main guys who wrote all the, the curriculum for Acquire the Fires all over the country. So um, if you don't know what that is, that's a youth conference where they bring together 50,000 teenagers at a time and do these huge events. And so I was all excited to go there and to learn how to be a better youth pastor, learn how to connect with, with teens on, on a deeper level and, and see real life change. And I was excited because the worship department at the church included a few people, one specifically who had an number one Christian worship hit um, that was worldwide and so I thought man I'm gonna learn so much and I got there and I didn't learn anything it was like the worst season of our lives okay it was trying it was hard we wanted to quit ministry we hated I, I'm using the word hate because it's a very strong word the people that that were leading us things like that we had we just had this spirit of just it was horrible okay and and we have since repented uh, <laughs> But I would come home to my wife. Maybe you heard me tell this story before if you've come to our, our you know, Welcome to Res Life class. Um, I would come home and i say, I am learning nothing about youth ministry. I am learning nothing about worship ministry. And I thought I was going to learn so much. And all I'm learning is what to do and what not to do as a senior pastor of a church, and I'm never going to be a senior pastor. <laughs> yeah. So so when we got the opportunity to come back here, this place, this place is home. We came, we came back and it was just, I mean, we love you guys. And, and this place, this is where we want to be, you know. And we come back and get to be the worship leader. And I'm, I'm, I'm arguing with God about how old I can get and still be a worship leader and have people want to listen. Uh, and, and, and eight months later, I get asked to be the senior pastor of the church. And my wife had been telling me to write down all those things I was learning, and I didn't. Listen to your wives, men. <laughs> anyway, I didn't realize it at the time, but God was preparing me for this. And am I where I need to be? No, I'm still growing, just like we all are. But it, it, it prepared me to step into a role that I didn't even want or didn't think I wanted in, in the beginning. Just like David was prepared when he fought the lion and he fought the bear and then he faced Goliath, okay? He didn't want to face Goliath, I'm sure, but when he got there he thought, I can do this. What is God preparing you for? What, what is it that God is, is, is doing in your life? Um, it, it's, I, the first one in your note is, notes is this. It says, how has God been preparing you? Simple. But it's a question that we need to think about. How has God been preparing me for my future? For what I'm maybe what I'm doing now? Or what I'm maybe going to do in the next step of my life. Today I want to I talk about that, but really the way I want to do it is I want to talk about it from the avenue of serving. Everybody say serve. You know, this is a word that's in the Bible that, that I believe God thinks is very important. The word serve or servant is used, it's, you write this down, 1,417 times in the Bible. 1,417. And 17 times. If I, I I could I could be wrong. I'll have to research this to double check this. But last time I searched the word love, I think it was in there like 870 times. Serve is in there more times than love. Okay. Here's a great scripture that has it in it three times. This is like you know tipping the scales for this word. John 12:26 it says, "Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant." Also will be, my Father will honor the one who serves me. Everybody say serve. Seems like Jesus thinks being a servant is a pretty big deal, and so does God. So when we think of serving, there's another word that comes to mind pretty quickly, and that that word starts with a V. Can you think of what it is? Serving, I'm going to volunteer to serve, right? We like use those words interchangeably, volunteer and serve. Do you know how many times volunteer is found in the Bible? Five times. Only five times is, is the word volunteer found in the Bible. That seems kind of drastic, right? Serve is, is 1,400 times, and volunteer is only five times. I think there's a reason for that because I want to I look at them. They're not the same word. You might think they're the same word. But they're not the same word. The dictionary defines a volunteer as someone who freely offers to take part in an enterprise or undertake a task. Everybody say freely. So, so a volunteer is someone who freely volunteers or freely offers their services to complete a task. Servant defined is this. It's a devoted helper that performs duties for a master. You see the difference here? A volunteer freely does what they want to help, but a servant is someone who's devoted to a master, who does this task because they are devoted to the cause. So if you use the definitions, these two words uh, mean something very different. So when we talk about our relationship with God, the part that we play, are you a volunteer or are you a servant? Are you a volunteer, or are you a servant? Jesus and the Bible seem to say that being a servant is just a little bit more important, 1,400 times to five. So I want to dive deeper into what it means to be a servant this morning. And, and so uh, the scripture I used before from the book of John, it, it, where it says that uh, whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be, it, there's, there's parts to it before that. And, and actually, that's what the, the Hobby Lobby uh, series is really going to talk about is how we take one little sentence and we use it as our whole theology, everything that we live for, um, but, but really there's so much more in the word that, that leads up to what those statements are saying. And this is one of those statements. In John 12:24, it says this. This is leading up to that, that scripture about servants being with God. It says, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds verse 25 anyone who loves their life will lose it while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life then it says in verse 26 whoever serves me must follow me or must follow me where i am my servant also will be my father will honor those or the one who serves me so why would jesus say that we need to hate our lives why would he say that well there's there's much more to it when we start looking at what jesus was was trying to explain Remember, a servant is one who's devoted to a master before himself. In other words, he or she cares less about their life or their situation and they care more about God. When Jesus is saying we need to hate our life, he's not saying we need to hate ourselves. What he's saying is that we need to to be devoted to God before we're devoted to self. Everybody say devoted to God. So this is what Jesus is saying to you and I. He's asking us to assess whether or not we love him or ourselves more. And the one who loves God more than their own life is the one who God honors, the true servant. So are you a real servant? I like, I like it this way. I heard this said um, at a pastor's conference. Actually, Pastor Dwayne Vanderklok said this statement. And so I, I want you to write it down. It says this. A volunteer does the convenient thing at the convenient time. A volunteer does the convenient thing at the convenient time. If you spell convenient wrong, don't worry about it. I know it's on the screen, but we're going to move on. A servant, a servant, listen, does the inconvenient thing at the inconvenient time. I want to tell you a story that I did not ask permission for, so I'm not going to use names. <laughs> it's not going to hurt anybody's feelings. But this, uh, yesterday, well, before I even go there, how many people are excited about what, what's happening at the building out there? It's good. It's good. Um, it, it, it's exciting. Looking forward to this fall and, and getting into it. Um, but we, we were talking this week about needing a security system in the facility. And so we, uh, we were like, oh man, we need to run the wires for the security system. And, and so we... Uh, we talked to somebody in our church who does that, and they said, well, we need to get it in before the drywall goes up. Well, the drywall goes up this week, and so we're like, what are we going to do? And, uh, and, and so we're like, we're going to have to do Saturday. We're going to have to do it Saturday morning, and we're gonna, so, so we, we show up here Saturday morning, and we ended up spending three hours here Saturday morning um, on, on this person and many other, there was a number of people who were there, their, their day off, and we run all the wires for it. Well, it's getting down, to, it's getting close to like noon, and um, I'm having a conversation with this guy, and I said, I said, so man, thanks for coming out here, blah, 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 and he, and he explains to me that today is his son's birthday. And I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, it needs to be done. It needed to get done, and I'm here doing the inconvenient thing at an inconvenient time. I'm not saying you need to give up your son's birthday so that you can come to the church and you could do this or that or you could serve the Lord in this way or that, but God would say that put me first. And sometimes that's inconvenient. Sometimes that's tough. Sometimes it takes time that we want to use for something else. And I was just I was just like I was shocked yesterday morning, and I was touched by somebody who was willing to serve like that. Not volunteer, not all freely give of my time on the convenient time, but instead say, this is inconvenient, I'm sure he had to have a conversation with his wife. (laughs) But I think that's what Jesus is talking about in John. When he says, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life and this world will keep it for eternal life. And then he says, whoever serves me must follow me. But listen, the, the end of it is so powerful. When we choose to be servants devoted to a master, where I am, my servant will also be. And my father will honor the one who serves me. I want to be on, how many people want to be honored by God? I mean, we live to honor God, right? We live to glorify God and to think to think that if we will take the position of a servant, if we will t- do, be willing to go and do what God asks us, even when it's tough, even when it, even when it feels like it's, it's ruining our schedule, whatever it is, that, that our honoring God turns around and, and God the Father honors us. That's huge. That's huge to me. And to God. I don't know what just happened, but I'm okay with it. (laughs) I'm so glad I got this table. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'll be heavy for one more minute, and then I'll try to change my attitude. As a pastor, you hear all kinds of excuses about why people can't serve. All kinds of You know, when I... Someday when I make more money, I'll give. You know, giving is serving the Lord, honoring Him. Someday when I make more money, I'll do it. Someday when I have more time, I can come help. Once once my kids are out of the house, I'll be able to to do it. You know what, after summer break, you know it's, it's always like when school gets out, I'll be able to help, and then they don't show up, and then after summer break, oh, when the kids go back to school, I'll be able to help. These, these are just a few uncreative excuses that we hear a lot. Um, here's my question for you: When you stand before God and He says, "Why didn't you serve Me?", would you say those excuses? Jesus, <laughs> coffee break. Jesus tells us to hate our lives because He's trying to get to the point—the point, the point across—that He needs to be the life that we live. He needs to be the life. Matthew 6, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. Everybody say, all these things. all these things. Will be given to you as well. The way I see it, if you were standing before God and you tried to give one of these explanations about why you didn't, you didn't serve him with your life, he, he would go, come on. I, I told you over and over in the word that if you'd serve me, that I would fulfill you. If you, would, if you would follow me first, that I would then give everything else to you. You would be completely taken care of. And actually, that verse, Matthew 6, 33, let's Hobby Lobby theology again. I, look, we're already in the series. We might as well just change the title. Is, is, is People take that one scripture and they say, seek first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness and, and all these things that you need to be taken care of. There's so much more to that part of scripture that explains it in detail. Matthew 6, 25, this is before that verse. It says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Everybody say amen. Amen. Because people who strive just for food and clothes, just for the luxuries of this life, are still just as miserable as people who don't have them. Verse 26, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Verse 27, Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? These are like dropping bomb statements. Every one of these is like a mic drop by Jesus, by the way. Verse 28, Verse 28, And and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't even labor and spin. Verse 29, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these flowers. Verse 30, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? God is trying to make a point that if you'll put him first, he he will give you everything else that you need. Verse 31, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, the people who don't love the Lord, the people who are not connected to the true vine, who is Jesus, who is God. The pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Say, he knows. He knows. He knows knows you. He knows your situation. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows that you don't like your job. He knows that you don't make enough money. He knows that you're fighting with your spouse or your kids. He knows that you're tired. He knows that you're anxious. He knows that you feel inadequate. He knows. Say, He knows. He knows. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things, all of the things that Jesus talked about, will be, will be given to you as well. Verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen, right? <laughs> what an incredibly powerful section of scripture that very few people live by. Is we don't seek him first. We serve a great master who knows what we need. The one who provides for those who seek him first. It's no surprise to me when we have testimony videos of people who had never, given, had never given a tithe or an offering before. And they went out on a limb and started doing it and suddenly their finances have turned around. It's no surprise to me. Because when we seek God first, then all these things will be added. People who say, there's no way I have time to serve, but then one, for one reason or another, somebody talks them into it, and they decide to come and serve, and suddenly they're able to be here a lot, and their, their schedule opens up, and everything seems to work out. That's no surprise. Because if we seek Him first, then all things will be added. When we, People say, I don't have time to get up in the morning and read the Word, but when they start doing it, suddenly they realize they do have time to do that. And they really enjoy it, and it it makes them feel better through the day. And and what's the craziest part about it is then they, they actually end up in a situation in that day where they use exactly the thing that they read that morning out of the Bible and apply it to their life, and they go, wow, God really is real. If they'll seek Him first, then all of these things will be added. I'm not trying to dog on you today. I'm not trying to manipulate you into serving, into doing Things like that. What I'm trying to say is that as part of the family of God, it is our responsibility. Everybody say responsibility. To be devoted to him. To serve. Not to volunteer. Not to say, oh, when it's easy. But to serve. To do the inconvenient thing at the inconvenient time. Last week I asked you to evaluate what abilities God has given you and then to see the opportunities where you can respond to those things. And that teaching really, did, I, I was never geared towards trying to get people to, to join ministry or be part of what the church is doing here in, in our house, which is what I call the church, our church. But uh, But today I am asking you, how are you being a servant in the house of God? Because like, for, for kids in, in most homes, they have chores, they have things that they need to do. They, there's part of a responsibility that they have to the house that they live in. And, and, and if you didn't grow up with chores, boy, weren't you lucky. But there's part of being part of the family that is part of taking care of the house, part of being part of, of, of what the family does. And it's not out of like, like a volunteer, like, oh yeah, I guess I can do that today. It, it, the, the heart behind it is that I, I am devoted to this family, and, I'm, and, and I may not like what I'm doing. I, it may not be the thing that I'm that I, like, jumping for joy for, but I know it needs to be done, and I'm going to use my abilities, and I'm going to respond inside the house and get it done. And so today I'm, I am kind of challenging you. I'm going to ask you this, and I put it in your notes. How are you responding with your abilities inside the church? I've talked about how with the new facility, there's going to be all kinds of new people coming to the church, and, and, and that these new faces are going to need to meet Jesus in a real way. And you know how they meet Jesus at church? It's not in worship time. they don't meet Jesus in the worship time they don't meet Jesus in the, the message part of the service you know where they meet Jesus? it's in the parking lot it's at the front door it's at the coffee bar or the welcome center they meet Jesus when they walk through and see a smiling face I, last week uh, I. I praise somebody. Mike Thompson was at this door over here and I heard somebody say, I walked through that door four times because every time I walked through it was a huge upper and it just made me feel better. (laughs) Yeah, give it up for Mike. I mean, that guy has more energy than my three-year-old. I don't know how it's possible, but he does. That's where people meet Jesus. It it was never meant that, that people were supposed to come to some establishment so that they could find Jesus. Jesus was with the disciples and he said, go into all the world. And and so... You might be scared about going into all the world. You might not want to go downtown and walk through the streets and try to talk to people about Jesus. And I can't blame you because that's weird. Uh, No, that can be awkward. It can be uncomfortable. But you know a place where you can be Jesus, where you can connect people with Jesus? It's in the parking lot. It's at the front door. It's as an usher. It's, It's doing hospitality. It's back in the kids' area. It's making a difference for the kingdom of God right here in God's house. And I'm just asking you, if you've never done that, if you've never joined in, I said it at the beginning. I didn't even mean to say it at the beginning. I said, when you volunteer at church, you take ownership. Ministry means something more. Your church family means something more. But we're not looking for volunteers. We're not looking for people who go, "Ah, I I, I guess I could do that. I'm asking you in your heart to say, am I willing to put my, my situation aside and serve God whom I, I'm devoted to? Is there a way I can serve Him? We need people who are looking at serving us, honoring God by using their abilities to reach people. 1 Peter 4.10 says this. I just want to read this to you. Each of you should use whatever gift. Say whatever gift. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received This scripture is saying that the connection to Jesus isn't found in the facility. It's found in the hearts of his people. Because it says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. The connection to Jesus comes through your words to other people. And then anyone who serves should do so with the strength that God provides. In other words, it's not even about you about what God wants to do through you. I'd like to be clear as I wrap this up today. I'm not begging people to serve here at church. We have lots of volunteers. (laughs) We're not in a place of like, oh, please, will you volunteer? No, we're not there. We're we're good. We're, We're loving life, all right? I'm not trying to manipulate you into into choosing to serve. What I'm trying to do today is to put on your heart the understanding that God says, seek me first. And in his word it says that the servant is the one who is with God no matter where God goes and that God honors those who serve him. So if you're seeking him first and you're choosing to be a servant, you can live in the presence of God. You can be with God everywhere he goes. And you can do things and experience things that you never imagined because you can speak with the words of God and you can serve with the strength of God and watch Him do amazing things through you. We were each made with a purpose. We were each made with a destiny. And that destiny has God written all over it. Will you choose to be a servant? So, Everybody just bow your heads real quick. Father, I thank you so much for each and every person that's here. I thank you that you're an awesome God who loves us so much that you created a plan for each one of us, that not one of us is useless, not one of us is worthless, but every one of us is made to make a difference, and you have a great plan for us. And so, God, I pray today that, that instead of feeling condemnation today about maybe not serving, instead we'll feel a conviction and realize that we were created to serve. To serve a master who who doesn't just lord over us, but instead says, if you will serve me, I will provide all for you. God, I pray that today, somebody in this place will take a step of faith, make a decision to step out, and allow God to prove that his promise is true. Allow God to prove that, that he really will provide. And that He really does have a plan and a future for them. With everybody's eyes closed here, if you've if you've ne- never made Jesus Lord of your life, if you're here today and you're you're like I'm not part of the family of God, but I want to be. I want to serve a God who loves me like that. Now I want to give you the opportunity. Or maybe you did years ago and you just haven't lived for God. You've fallen away, and today you want to make a decision to live for him wholeheartedly, to be a servant who's devoted to his master, a master who loves him so much that he pours back honor and blessing and direction and and desire on their lives. So if that's you right now and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, right where you're at, just everybody's eyes, lift your hand up high. Is there anybody who wants to make Jesus Lord in service today? Awesome, awesome, awesome. I see those hands all around the room. everybody with your eyes closed still if you raised your hand you can put it down but will you look up at me just you look up at me I just want you to know today that I see you everybody else's eyes are closed but I see you but it doesn't matter that I see you what matters is that God sees your heart today and he loves you he wants you to know that your life is worth it and that he has so much for you So we want to help you to find that purpose and that direction that God God has for you. We want to be your family, and I'm so excited that you're making the decision today to become part of the family of God, And, and we want to be your family and support you in that. So why don't you bow your heads, and we're going to pray in just a minute. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that he rose from the dead, that he really is God, that we'll be saved. That we're going to heaven, but we're also going to be adopted into this family that has a purpose and a direction for your life. And So we're going to say a prayer, and that's going to be you confessing with your mouth. But the second part, believing in your heart, that's the hard part. That's the part where when the tough situations come in life, that you say, I'm not running away from God, I'm running to God. He is the one who's my provider. He is the one who's going to help me in the situation. He's the one who says, if I put him first, then all these things will be taken care of and will be added to my life. That's what it means to have a heart for God. So let's pray and let's begin this, this life with God for you today. Pray this with me. Say, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus to die on the cross defeat the grave and to rise again so that I could be saved I was a sinner and I have struggled with sin but today I'm different I'm a new creation a child of God redeemed remastered and remade today I choose to live for you I make you Lord of my life. Lead me into the life you created for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. And if you if you have any questions about the decision you just made or if you made that, that decision online, if you're here, come talk to me in the foyer. I'd love to talk to you. If you're online, call into the office this week. We'd love to connect with you. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.